Hi everyone, and welcome to the ADEA podcast special edition, featuring some discussion around key articles in the latest edition of the ADE publication, which is an exclusive benefit for all ADA members. My name is Jan Orford, a long-term member of ADEA, and I will be your host today. Joining me is Dr. Kate Marsh, the editor of the ADE publication. Welcome and thank you for your time today, Kate. Thanks, Jan. I'm, I'm looking forward to speaking to you about the ADE. Okay, well, let's get started with, I guess, the key issue and, and let's talk about the theme of the September edition of the ADE. What is it? Yes, as you know, we have a theme for each um, issue of the ADE where we sort of have a collection of articles related to a particular topic. And the theme for this edition is diabetes-related complications, which is one area that our members said that they really wanted to hear more about in the last reader survey that we conducted. Um, thank you. You more or less answered the next part of my question, I guess, a little bit. But why, apart from what members were wanting, do you think there's um, other reasons why this was important that we cover this theme at this time? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously it was something that um, people wanted to hear more about, but I think, you know, it's a good question. I think, I mean, it's important because as diabetes educators, we know really it's the complications of diabetes rather than having diabetes per se that's really the problem. But unfortunately, many of the people with diabetes we work with, you know, will likely develop diabetes-related complications. And obviously an important part of our role is to provide education um, about preventing complications, but also to support those who, who develop these complications. I have to say, as a, a member of the organisation who's not working at Coalface these days, I think the broad concept of how you dealt with diabetes-related complications in this edition has really given me quite a good overview of many of the issues which is uh, currently uh, impacting on practice. And I guess I also think it not only acknowledges the impact of complications for the person with diabetes, but also the complications of being a diabetes educator in this current environment. Would you agree with that thought? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess it's thinking about all the different things that we need to, um, that, you know, that we need to know about. And I guess um, possibly are you, I'm referring to the, I mean, we also included an article on um, on diabetes burnout in, um, in diabetes, or, yeah, burnout in sorry, diabetes educators. Um, so just looking at the impact it can have in terms of working in this profession, um, and I think yeah, that's in, obviously an important thing to acknowledge as well. Yes, that was what I was referring to. Thank you. I guess what for you then perhaps are the important um, must-read articles out of this edition that you'd recommend to our members? Yeah, I think look, I mean, having read all of the articles many times through in the editing process, I think they're all you know really worth reading, but I think if I had to pick, you know, one would be um, the article, I think, on impaired hypoglycemic awareness by Angela Lee and Stephen Twigg. And as they point out, it really is a major problem. Um, they've estimated, um, as they point out, estimated to affect 20 to 25% of those with type 1 diabetes and can obviously significantly impact on, on quality of life. And it not only, you know, has short-term implications, but really can prevent people from achieving that sort of tighter management of their blood glucose levels, which over the longer term can increase their risk of those long-term sort of complications. And I think, I mean, it's a really good article in that not only discusses the problem, but has some really practical um, tips on identifying and managing the conditions that I think could be really useful um, for readers. 
Um, and then I guess another one um, would be the article on um, the sexual dysfunction in women because I think it's something that maybe we don't often hear a lot about. Um, there's a lot more sort of, I guess, out there in terms of erectile dysfunction and, and problems for men, but maybe something that we don't know as much about. So I think it's, it was quite interesting to read that article and just um, have a bit more of an understanding about some of the issues. I have to agree with you, Kate. I actually had made notes for myself. I thought the, the article on the impaired um, awareness of hypoglycemia was particularly relevant. I think we often are very focused, as you said, on tight control or good control with whatever words you want to use. Um, without forgetting the implications that tight control can bring with, with impaired awareness. And, and you mentioned... Yeah, and you whether, sorry, go on. Oh, sorry, I was, yeah, I was going to say, and you just wonder whether, I mean, I guess with, with more technology, there's probably even more of a, you know, people are trying to get tighter control. And while the technology can help some somewhat in terms of CGM and alerts, I mean, I guess the risk of hypos becomes greater as people try to achieve um, that tighter control with newer technology. It's a, between the dev between the devil and the deep blue sea, isn't it? And yeah. I think the other article that you mentioned was around the sexual dysfunction, and and you and I would both remember the lovely Jan Baldwin, who used to, to say that was always an undergo underdone topic in diabetes was yeah. the problem with women. Okay, and and I think the other article that I quite um, found quite interesting was the chronic disease. Um, model clinics for nurse practitioners, which obviously the concept has been coming around for a while, but I think it was a timely reminder that, that uh, siloing of specialty clinics is perhaps not the way to go either. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I guess, I mean, unfortunately, it is the, the case that a lot of people with diabetes do have multiple complications that they're trying to manage. So certainly showed the benefits of, you know, having a setup like that. Yes, I would agree with you. Um, so I guess we're all very aware that all of us are time poor, but if a member only had, say, five minutes to spare, which of the article in the edition would you suggest they have to read? Yeah, again, difficult one. But um, I think the update on injection technique um, by Peter Talkman and Rachel Freeman, I mean, considering that teaching injection techniques are key roles of diabetes educators, it's really important that we stay up to date, I think, with the latest evidence and guidelines in this area of practice. Um, and I think it's probably also a, you know, a timely reminder about the need to regularly review injection technique with our clients. I know um, myself in practice, I frequently see people who aren't um, using correct technique just because no one's ever reviewed it since they were you know, commenced on insulin and just assume that they know what, um, what they should be doing. So I think it's just, yeah, I guess a good reminder and a good update on that topic. Yes, I agree with you. I think people are taught once and it's assumed that they do the right thing forever in a day. It's a bit like cleaning our teeth. We don't always do it the right way. I think that, I thought the, the research um, results from the professional burnout um, article were very interesting. And I think it really served to remind me, as being around for 500 years, um, that it's our newer, younger members who are perhaps feel left feeling quite unsupported, particularly if they're in professional isolation. I, to me, I thought that was probably quite a critical article for people to think about because we are always worrying about our patients or clients, but we don't always think about ourselves in this scenario. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, certainly working with and supporting people with diabetes, I mean, it can be, I mean, it can be, you know, hard, hard work and um, certainly emotionally taxing at times, so I think it is really important that we 
um, identify that. And I guess particularly people who are in positions where, you know, they are in charge of other other educators and, as you said, being aware of, of those potentially the younger uh, members of the profession and those who are a bit more isolated in their work and working out what we can do to support them. Yeah, I think we as an organisation probably have some role to play in that. Um, if you only, if you could only pick one article that you that was your favourite in this edition, what what would that article be? Do you think? Yeah, so I said, I mean, I guess I really enjoy reading the wide range of articles we publish in each edition. So picking a favourite, you know, the difficult one. But I think, I mean, this edition I really enjoyed the article by um, Bodil Rasmussen and colleagues from Deakin University on the online guided self determination program um, for young adults with type one. And although it was, you know, quite a small study, I guess it was just really interesting to see the positive feedback and, and outcomes both from the young adults with Taiwan and the educators who were involved about this way of working together, particularly when it's, I guess, quite different from, from traditional clinical practice. And while the article doesn't, you know, relate specifically um, to the theme of complications, it really sounds to me like a program like this has a real potential to sort of empower young people with type 1 to improve their diabetes self-management which obviously in turn will reduce their risk of developing complications. Yes I have to agree with you I quite enjoyed that one too but I think I have to keep coming back to the burnout study as being my favourite one in this edition. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I think because I've always in my practice have worried about not that I suffered from it thank goodness but it's always worried me that people don't in health traditionally don't look after themselves well and acknowledge that perhaps they're not doing as well as they might and I, I think it's something that we need to remind ourselves of um, and and I think for ADEA too perhaps that it helps them give some focus to how we might help our members in terms of their professional development and support which is after all what these programs are all about um, yeah, so I, I kept coming back to that one, I think. Yeah, interesting. I just saw something published today that they're um, adding something to the Hippocratic um, Oath for doctors about looking, taking care of your own health as one of the things that they need to be doing. So interesting. Well, given that I think there's been a, what an increase in, in suicide rates in doctors, they need to be thinking about Absolutely, it. yeah looking after themselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you, Kate. Well, um, I, I think that, as I said, I think that was my favourite one and I, I, I really do like the theme this month and this time, so thank you for that. And thank you for your time um, and, and thank you also to members for listening. Um, what we're going to do today is end this podcast with a short video to, to feature some of the function on ADE online, which allows you to save articles that you like as a PDF file, so that when you have another five minutes to spare, you can review it again. Um, so don't forget to visit the ADE online with your membership login via ade.adea.com.au. So thank you, Kate, once again for your time. I know it's always a busy day. Thanks, Dan, and um, yeah, I look forward to speaking again when the next issue is published, which will be our conference-themed edition. Great, thank you. Look forward to hearing that. And once again, thank you to you, the members, for your attention, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. So goodbye. <laughs>